You know, Mark mentioned uh, discovery and the fact that we take food over there, which is absolutely wonderful that we do that. Fred Hess actually delivers food now for a long time. There was different ones of us doing it, but Fred now takes the food over to discovery. It's great that he does that. What's really cool is that I was just thinking, Mark, as you were talking, and I thought of this before, but it hit me again while you were talking, just the fact that there's a connection, obviously, between our church and Discovery and you and Discovery and you and our church and the food. And it's just neat because you have a chance to be a representative for us, not only um, that we give food, but then you have a chance to offer some kind of testimony through your life there relating to those kids. So I don't know if you ever say to them, hey, it's my church that actually is the ones who are providing food on particular days. Um, but it's neat. Like, th- that happens. Not only is that happening with you in terms of the students, but of course you and the staff and, and the whole thing. So that's, that's pretty cool that we have that direct connection between Discovery, not only with food and, and the fact that we're so close, but the mark is there as well. It was indeed a great day yesterday to watch David and Brenham get married. That was wonderful. Miles, great job on your speech last night. Way to go. Miles was funny. Like, you know, like, Miles isn't usually funny. But, uh, but Miles was, Miles was funny last night. He was great. He he did a great job with his speech. Uh, The whole, whole event went very well and and really a blessing to be there uh, with them. I'm going to say some more about that right at the end of my discussion today with you. Right now, why don't we pray? Lord, we want today for you to bless us with your peace. Father, there are those who are here right now uh, who, for whatever reasons, are not filled with your peace. It could, be, it could be illness. It could be hardship. It could be relationship things. It could be sin. There are all kinds of things, God, that might sap peace from someone today. And instead, we pray that you would replenish your peace, that you would fill our hearts, each one of us, who lacks in any way your fullness, and that you fill us with your peace, this sense of shalom that we want to have today. It's through Jesus that we pray. Amen. So today we have, uh, we have something here. I'm actually going to be the one to go over and discover this. We don't have real technical difficulties. We don't have any soap on a rope. (laughs) But there's a special guy here uh, who needs some recognition. It's Kelly's 60th birthday today. And um, I know... Everybody has a birthday every year, and we don't recognize everybody's birthdays. I know that. But Kelly is special to us. And uh, I want to tell you something that Kelly does all the time to the office staff. He comes in, and we talk, and then he gets emotional, and then he says, I love you guys. And we sit and go, thanks. We appreciate you, Kelly. (laughs) We love you. We all love you, Kelly, and we want to say thank you for all that you do and uh, celebrate 60 years and pray God's blessing on another 60 more. So we have a card for you uh, that most of us have signed. I mean, most of us. 
and uh, so it's quite big. If you didn't get a chance to sign it, we'll put it back out on a table in the back, and you can keep filling it in. You can read some of those things if you'd like. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. You know, it's so big that a, a guy who's 60 whose eyesight is failing can actually see <laughs> But then it's so heavy, my arms are weak. <laughs> anyway. Thank you very much. We love you, Dave. I love you, too. Thank you. That's great. Appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. That is, uh, that's very sweet of everyone. And I will do something with that card in a while. Thank you very much. It's wonderful to be here at 60. You know, I, I have to admit to you, I've been thinking lately, I've been thinking, so how long does this go on? Like, I don't think I'll be preaching when I'm 95 at this church. So sometime between 60 and 95, this is going to come to an end. And uh, I don't know when that'll happen, but we'll, we'll pray to the Lord and he will bless us and we'll make great decisions about all of that. But whatever it is, I have peace about it all. And that's what we're discussing today, actually, is the notion of biblical peace. So let me find our artifact today, because I do have one. And today, because I'm so young and agile, I can crawl right underneath here and search and find this. And it is... A dove. Melissa took some time and found a, a dove. And of course, the dove is a symbol of peace. Somebody tell me when that comes in. How is it that this is a symbol of peace? Yeah, definitely with Noah on the end of the flood. And uh, the notion is there that there is peace between God and humankind. God sends forth a flood, but he's, he ends the flood. And there's certainly peace between humankind and God eventually. So we have the notion in the Bible of biblical peace. And we're not going to be able to touch on all the things that have to do with biblical peace this morning, but we are going to talk about some of them. Like, for example, peace can be the absence of war. We know that. It's not, uh, it's not every person who serves God who is a pacifist, but many are. And the reason that many are pacifists is because they actually think that God wants there to be freedom from war in our world. There's a lot of war in the Bible. And it's nice when Jesus comes and indicates that his kingdom is not going to be a kingdom that focuses on war and military triumph, but actually he's going to bring a sense of peace. There's also peace with humankind and personal relationships. We know this passage, Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers. There's something blessed about those who choose to make peace between themselves and other people. Romans 12, 18, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, be at peace with everyone. That's interesting. That calls every one of us who has any kind of relationship problem with another to extend ourselves to that other person and to be at peace with them at least as far as it depends on us. We have some responsibilities there for sure. And then here's one that I think is interesting. We can't do anything with this today, but I kind of would like to. Um, peace between God and his people, a covenant of peace. And when I say we can't really do anything, as I was reading this week, thinking about this concept, the notion of a covenant of peace and God being a God who specifically makes a covenant of peace with us kept coming up in the Old Testament. And I have to admit, I'd never thought about that before. I've thought about covenants, of course, before. Uh, I've obviously read the story of Noah and the dove and all of that kind of thing. But in terms of a covenant of peace and God being a covenant 
of peacemaking God, I just hadn't thought of before. And so it's kind of interesting. Now, somebody else wants to do some research on that. I think you should. I'm, I'm going to do some and just ask, what does this really mean for us to be a covenant kind of peace people? And it's interesting because it doesn't just affect us in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament as well. So we have this passage. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. And so sin and the overcoming of sin, the relationship that God builds with us, all of that has to do, apparently, with a covenant of peace. And usually I just think, well, there's peace in some sense, some loose way between ourselves and God. That's, I've never really defined it more specifically than that. But clearly, Paul thought of it in a very specific kind of way, and some Old Testament writers did as well. So I'm going to do some more thinking and research on that one. But instead of focusing on those kind of things really for today, which uh, certainly deserves some attention, I want to go in a different direction, and I want to start with this. A general sense of peacefulness in the course of life's events. A general sense of peacefulness in the course of life's events. And I just want to ask you if you feel that way today. Like, do you have kind of this general sense of peace about life? Now, I know there are times when things come into our lives that affect us dramatically, and all of a sudden we're not going to be filled with peace because of some specific reason. But let's imagine that you're not going through some kind of crisis. Let's imagine you're just going through life, just the normal day living of life. Do you have about yourself some sense of peacefulness? I don't know what else to call that. What other words would work? A sense of relaxation? A sense of calm? A sense of balance? A sense of satisfaction? The Greeks would say, long before Jesus came on the scene, that all human beings were striving after happiness. And I'm not even sure what exactly that means. Sometimes I think happiness, we tend to equate with giddiness. It doesn't mean that. Maybe we think in terms of joyfulness. I'm not sure if that really works. Love, joy, peace, those have to go together somehow. But peace is something different than this. Now, not only do we have those kinds of ideas, but it's interesting that Jesus, after he was raised from the dead... You know what the most common phrase Jesus uses after he rises from the dead? The most common thing that he says, he comes into people's presence and he says to them, peace be with you. That's interesting. Like we kind of take that for granted, peace be with you. He's wanting something for them, but what exactly is he wanting for them? How about when he heals somebody, casts a demon out, and you know what demon possession was like? It was a horrible experience. Someone comes in, takes over your life, turns everything into turmoil. Jesus casts out the demon, and then he looks at the person and says, go in peace, which is kind of strange, unless, of course, you're the demon-possessed person. And you need, in your life perhaps, more than anything, a sense of peace. But Jesus would say, go in peace. Well, as it turns out, all of this is a fairly common expression. Jesus uses peace be with you and go in peace because that was an expression the Jews used all the time. They would say to each other on a regular basis, shalom. It's kind of an equivalent. Now, I want you to think for a moment about how we greet each other. 
The Jews would say shalom with some kind, I would think, of divine, maybe significance to this saying, wishing God's peace upon another. How do we greet each other? Well, I think in different ways. Like sometimes you walk by me on a Sunday morning and I'll say, hi. And I say it quickly and I'm gone. Or I can say hello a little bit longer, but very quick, and still I'm gone. Why is that? Well, it's not because I don't want to stop and talk. It's because usually I have something on my mind, some place to go. And we do this all the time. You can pass somebody, by somebody at work or even somebody in the hallway of your home. And you might stop and say to them very quickly, hi, hello, and then you're gone. Because you've got things to do, we all do. For whatever reason, you just, you're not intending right at that moment to stop and spend any time with them. And so again, you might do this this morning. You've already done it probably. Someone probably walked by you today and you said hi. You expressed some kind of greeting. And maybe they had something else on their mind. Maybe they just wanted to get in here and sit down. Maybe they were thinking about the PowerPoint, whether or not it was going to be working this morning. Maybe they were thinking about the sound, whether or not it was going to come on. Jonathan and I, I'm sure, do this to people all the time. Quickly say hello and are gone because we have things on our mind. Other times, we'll stop and say to somebody, how are you? Now, you know as well as I do that a lot of times when we say, how are you, we actually aren't wondering. <laughs> we're not really curious. We say this to people. How are you? How's it going? What's up? And then before they can get the answer out, what do we do? Start talking about something else, move on, and really aren't listening very carefully to the question or the answer. How are you? And so what's supposed to be, I think, a little bit deeper greeting than hi or hello ends up not really being anything other than just a hi or hello because we move very passly, very quickly past how are you. We press on in a hurry. And then there are times, of course, when we actually mean it. And so we'll say to somebody, maybe because we know that they've been ill, how are you? What's going on with you right at the moment? And we may mean something very specific with that. How are you with respect to the relationship you're with, with your husband that we've heard isn't going so well? How are you with respect to the wedding plans that maybe have consumed you for the last two or three or four months or six months? How are you with respect to your own spiritual life? Because I've heard that you were struggling. Well, I don't know if you ever actually do that on a Sunday morning. It's very possible that you don't. It's very possible that when you come here on a Sunday morning and you're with your brothers and sisters in Christ, that the greeting that you offer and even a question presented to them like, how are you, doesn't really mean much at all. Now, I think the Jews probably had the same problem. It would be easy for the Jews, I think, to probably say to someone, Shalom, and then they're gone. And not really wish for someone the peace of God. And so they, because they're human, would have been as guilty at this as we are. But at their best, when things were going well, when they were as focused as they should be, it seems as though the Jews actually did greet each other with a meaningful, godlike kind of greeting in shalom, and they meant something by it. The theologian Cornelius Plantinga writes this. He says, The webbing together of God, humans, 
and all creation in justice, fulfillment, and delight is what the Hebrew prophets call shalom. We call it peace, but it means far more than just mind of peace or a ceasefire between enemies. In the Bible, shalom means universal flourishing, wholeness, and delight. A rich state of affairs in which natural needs are satisfied and natural gifts fruitfully employed. A state of affairs that inspires joyful wonder as its creator and savior opens doors and welcomes the creatures in whom he delights. Shalom, in other words, is the way things ought to be. And in fact, the way things ought to be when we're one with God and he's one with us. So when Jesus said to someone, peace be with you, or when Jesus said, go in peace, I think he meant this. I think he meant shalom. I think he was wishing or even praying upon someone a blessing that really meant something. There was a wholeness in life that is shalom, a residing in God's presence, both as an individual and as a community that constitutes a life of blessedness. And that's what Jesus was hoping for you, for those people he greeted and then hopes for us as he works with us, blessing us with his own presence. He wants for us connection with God. He wants us to experience it in some sense constantly, He wants it to become for us a lifestyle. Can you imagine peace as a lifestyle? Where every moment, everything was exactly as we want it to be. Everything is as it should be. Wouldn't we think to, with every turn, every greeting, every person that we meet that a sense of peace would be extended by them to you and you to them because our lives would be so filled with peace that it just overflows to all of those around us. And even those in anguish, even those in pain, would have some sense of the profound relationship that we sense between ourselves and God that then impacts them. Do do you know anybody like this? Now, it's a good possibility that you would say, no, I don't know anyone like this. But do you know anyone like this whose life seems to be so together, so filled with calmness and peace that it just kind of radiates out of them and that they're influenced by Others, or I should say, they influence others so that this peace passes from one person to another and we end up having a sense of calmness and satisfaction and can even accept and deal with the things of daily life because someone around us calms us in this way. I'm wondering about the connection between this notion of peace then and wisdom. But are those who are wise perhaps sense about themselves peace and that that gets expressed in such a way that could even be characterized as shalom where God through his fullness is so present in a person and their heart is so full of who he is that this peace just radiates out of them a sense of wisdom and peace and satisfaction and fullness. It's just so different from where most of us 
function. We just typically aren't there. And it seems as though God may want us to be. It makes you wonder how much it could mean to others if we were to genuinely offer to them a greeting of peace and, in fact, the peace of Christ. What if the peace of Jesus was so full in you that when you did offer peace to someone, a genuine greeting of God's shalom, that it would impact them? That they would be different because they saw in you and felt from you and received from you this blessing of genuine peace. Right now, probably some of you are thinking, this will never work. Like, I just don't have that. That's just not what we experience. Not even here on a Sunday morning do we really experience that kind of greeting and that kind of peace. You know, it's interesting. If you've been to a Catholic church service or if you've been to an Anglican church service, you've been to a Methodist church service, it's very common for the person who's leading that service, as they go through the liturgy and they say things during the course of the service, it's very common for them to say, peace be with you. And also with you is exactly what the audience will say. And also with you. And I just, I wonder about that. It's interesting. Like, does the person who's saying that at first, peace be with you, really mean it any more than we say, how are you, and do we really mean that? And then when the audience answers back, and also with you... Is it, is it a genuine greeting when they say that? I'm sure for some people it is. I'm sure that when someone says, peace be with you from the front, that there are times when it means a great deal. I'm sure there are people who answer back and also with you, and it means a great deal. But so often I think it doesn't. And then all that God wishes for us to pass on to each other and the blessing that he wishes for us to receive and to extend just doesn't ever really take place. But what if it did? What if we took the time to do this? What if this morning, I'm saying what if, what if this morning I challenged you to say to someone else this morning, the Lord's peace be with you? What if instead of just saying to somebody, Did you see the game last night? Or how's the weather? Have you heard what the weather report's going to be? How deep is the snow going to be this week? I've heard it's supposed to be 12 or 13 by Wednesday. That sounds pretty good. If What if instead of saying those kind of things to each other this morning, what if we actually said to each other, the Lord's peace be with you? Let me challenge you with that. It doesn't have to be artificial. It doesn't have to be fake. It can be very real. Let's greet each other in that way this morning. That's the first major thing I want to say about peace this morning, that we have a chance to pass this on to one another, something that's deep inside us, and transfer to another the peace of the Lord and be a blessing. Well, all of that, I would like to think, is going to contribute to the inner peace of every person, which is brought by the Holy Spirit into our lives in our Christian faith. Look at this passage from John 14. All this I've spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Lord will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. And then Jesus says, right in the context of the Holy Spirit coming, 
Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. Those last few lines are not easily negotiated through in life. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be afraid. I don't know of many people who aren't afraid of something, who aren't troubled with something. God's Spirit wants to come and take away from us that kind of trouble. Philippians 4, 5 through 7 says, The Lord is near. And specifically, because the Lord is near, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then he says, The peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, it's interesting. I have, I have read this passage. I've quoted this passage. I actually wrote a song to this passage now that I think about it one time. But in the midst of anxious times, when everything is threatened, this is hard to achieve. This is not easy. But nonetheless, I think this is what God wants from us, even in the most difficult times. Yesterday, I watched a father and a mother give away their daughter. It was a joyful time, there's no doubt about it. But I asked them very specifically in the midst of the service, who is giving Brenham away to be married today? And they said, we do, we are. We're giving her away. Now, because I've done that twice, I know that that's not actually as easily done as said. You can easily say, ah, we're giving her away to be married. But I know Miles well enough to know that there's going to be some consternation in that man's heart as he releases his daughter and David come down, comes down and grabs her and takes her and he's never given her back. That's got to be a little bit hard. And there's got to be some questions in your mind. You've raised this girl. You love her. You want the very best for her. But ultimately, you're turning her loose. And now, in fact, as the father, there's another man who's now going to have more say over her life than you did. And where do you stand now? Well, in the midst of all of that, I'd like to think that Miles and Dana would share together a sense of peace. That at a point of anxiety that where it looks like they're losing something precious, that God actually is going to bless them, in fact has blessed them with David, who takes Brenham as his own and who blesses her. And they build a life together in the Lord because all are devoted ultimately to the Lord and to the peace of of the Holy Spirit that God wants present within them. And that's what he wants for us. So you might think to yourself, October 17th must have come early. You know what happens on October 17th? Cannabis becomes legal in Canada. And you might be thinking to yourself, Kelly's taking early this morning. on the cannabis thing, because he's asking us to do something hard. He's asking us to actually go to other people 
in our church family and be vulnerable with them and say to them something meaningful like, the Lord's peace be upon you today. And it might be that if I say that to you today, you're going to say, boy, this is just more than I can handle. And you'll just say to me, thanks or something. But I want you to take the opportunity today to not just talk about hockey and not just talk about business and not just talk about the snow. I want you instead today at some point to say to somebody with all sincerity, the Lord's peace I wish upon you today. I bless you with the Lord's peace or whatever the words are that you want to say. And I want you to pass on a blessing of peace to others. Now, that might put you in a position of vulnerability, but do that, and I think that God will bless you today. Because ultimately what God wants is to indeed bless us. He wants to bless us with his peace. So, usually I close with a prayer. Let me close this way today. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. I pray he does.